Last weekend, Rabbi Rodich and I traveled together to the start of the NAACP's Journey for Justice, which started in Selma, Alabama, a state I had never been to before. This was an 860-mile march for racial justice that will conclude on September 16th in Washington, D.C. I feel so grateful to this temple for supporting our participation that tonight I want to take you with me on a little bit of that march. And I want you to think about taking that journey yourself, perhaps by joining the march later on this summer, even for one day, or by joining our congregation's journey to be a voice for racial and economic equality. I arrived in Alabama with no idea of what to expect. And it ended up that the only thing that I correctly predicted was that it would be hot. It was 80 degrees when our plane landed at 10 o'clock at night. During the march, some said it was 95, some said it was 102, sometimes the iPhone said feels like 100. I can only tell you this, it was hot. Someone on the march said, gee, we should have done this march in March. <laughs> I'm sure that the NAACP had their logistical and spiritual reasons for choosing summer. But since it's happening this season, I can only tell you that it correlates perfectly with our summer Torah readings in the books of Numbers in Deuteronomy. Numbers chronicles the long, hot, difficult marches the Israelites endured in their journey to the promised land, their journey to freedom. Deuteronomy focuses on the rallies, Moses' sermons and speeches, reminding the Israelite people to keep their eyes on the prize of freedom. During the 40-year march, the Israelites stop in 20 distinct places and learn lessons and hear speeches at each stop. The journey for justice is a 40-day march. So for me, there was no better time to march than during this Torah season of reflection on the enduring meaning of our people's marches. The highlight of the march for both of us, I think, was the people that we met along the way. We were not the only white marchers. U.S. Senator Jeff Merkley from Oregon and his wife Mary joined the journey for the first two days. One of Senator Merkley's key staff members was Andy Green, who grew up and became a bar mitzvah here in this congregation, whose parents, Diana and James Rogers, are our members. The senator heaped praises on Andy, no doubt due to his excellent start here at Congregation Emmanuel. I also walked side by side with Reuben, a college student from Ohio State, who grew up in New York attending Jewish day schools. Why was he marching, I asked him. 
It was for everything he learned in that day school. Because we were strangers, because we were slaves, do not stand idly by, do not murder. Torah mandates that Jews be present and active whenever any vulnerable population is mistreated. The majority of the marchers were African Americans from Georgia, Alabama, Texas, Ohio, and Florida. Walking alongside Reverend Charles Dale, he proudly told me that he marched in 1965. Shortly after that march, the Voting Rights Act was signed into law. This past week, a federal appeals court made a ruling that upholds part of that Voting Rights Act that the state of Texas tried to water down. Issues like voting rights, equal access to quality education, affordable housing and job opportunities persist. We have not yet reached the promised land. Too many people are still dying or imprisoned because of the color of their skin. It was such a privilege to march side by side with Cornell Banks, head of the NAACP. Every person that I met on the march was kind, friendly, intelligent, and desperate for a more just world of equal opportunities in education, housing, and jobs. Everyone took time off from work because this issue is burning in this time, in our time. Every single African-American person was welcoming and respectful to the Jewish and other white participants. I walked with Eurydice Stanley and her wonderful children, Grace and Christian. Eurydice served in our military for 28 years, and she just retired as a ranking officer in the US Army. You spend half an hour or half a day walking with her children, Christian and Grace, and you know she is one amazing mom. Those kids are the future leaders of this country as long as racism does not prevail. The last story I want to tell you from our long journey is the story of Rabbi Limmer's Torah. He brought it from Sinai Temple in Chicago. The idea, his idea, was for a different rabbi or Jewish person to carry that Torah every step, every day, along the march, 860 miles, and that we would all take turns. It's not the heaviest Torah. I carried it myself a few miles each day. So did Rabbi Rodich. So did his husband, Fran Benjamin. But I will tell you, that after a couple miles walking on black pavement in brutal heat, carrying the Torah is hard work. During one brief stop, Rabbi Paul Kipnis unwrapped and unrolled the Torah, and he and his daughter each held aside. He showed all the marchers last week's Torah portion with the Ten Commandments. He spoke of the imperatives of Torah to not stand idly by. Virtually every African-American marcher was a religious Christian. Many didn't know very much about Jews or Judaism to that moment. So this marching side by side 
was really powerful. Okay, so we're all marching this march. I've been carrying the Torah for I don't know how long, but it's, it just gets hard, like you can't even talk. When I carry the Torah, I can't sip water or wear my hat because I can't keep my hat on and carry the Torah. One of the African-American marchers, Jonathan, was walking side by side with me, a really big strapping guy, and his job is to keep us, we're in a two-lane highway and the cars are going by and the state troopers are helping us through. And he asks me, he sees my discomfort after so many miles, is it disrespectful if I carry Torah for a while? Of course not. When he took the Torah in his arms, he was so proud, he asked me if I would take a photo that he could send to his mom to show her himself carrying the Torah. It was unrealistic to ever think that a small handful of rabbis could carry the Torah every step of that journey. <laughs> Soon, each marcher was taking his or her turn carrying Torah. Eurydice carried Torah. Grace carried Torah. Christian held on to the Torah. Senator Merkley carried Torah. The march unifies us. The Torah unifies us too. The journey is long. It is a journey that must bring us physically, legally, and spiritually to a promised land where we don't read about unarmed African-Americans being gunned down on our streets or in their church while they do Bible study. Our temple, all of us, our temple is part of that journey. This past week, we launched a Tzedek Council to help us organize our Jewish community to be on the journey. The journey must take us to our promised land where San Francisco public schools are not divided by race, where the highest bidder can't evict African-Americans, citizens who've lived in their homes here in San Francisco for over 30 years. We must speak out against gun violence, against mass incarceration of blacks for low-level offenses. It's a long journey, but we are all on it together. Maybe you will find a couple days to join the march this summer. I can't recommend it more. Or you'll go to the nation's capital on September 16th. They will welcome you at the rally. Or you will watch for opportunities here in our community to help with equal education, reduction of gun violence, and housing or you will come forth and pitch your most effective idea to the Tzedek Council once it gets on its feet. We cannot do it all. We cannot do it alone. The journey is long. But we Jews, with our 40 years of marches, we know that the journey for justice for everyone is always worthwhile. May we find strength and the support of each other throughout this long journey. Amen.